Hey, Ace Babes, welcome to the first episode of Ace Space, a podcast by, for, and about people on the Ace spectrum. Hell yeah. My name is... <laughs> Sorry, I just got excited. <laughs> My name is Michaela King. Um, I am your first host. I am a demisexual, heteroromantic female from Washington State. Um, I am Alex Abe. I am the other half of your host. Um, I am an asexual, non-binary, girl-leaning um, person <laughs> from Rhode Island. Uh, just out of question, do you, like, identify with the phrase demigirl? I do. I like that. Some days I'm, like, I'm more, like, meh about it. But, like, some days I'm, like, that's actually kind of badass I'm into it. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. very, just yeah, no, it's what it's being, like, the non-binary thing is very new to me, but one thing I've noticed is like a constant in the community is people are always just kind of like, you can do what you want and it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So just so everyone is aware, listening for our pronouns, I use she, her and Alex uses she, they. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you prefer they? I don't actually have a preference. I kind of just, I like when people use them interchangeably. It makes me feel wild and zany. Um, (laughs) 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 My gender is actually chaos. (laughs) Exactly. So it just fits perfectly. Okay. So if you are unfamiliar with the term asexuality, it is a lack of sexual attraction. So someone who identifies on the ace spectrum experiences some sort of lack of attraction or they have some sort of, hmm, I wouldn't, I, I struggled with how to describe this without seeming like, allosexual people are the norm because it's so easy to say that you don't experience the normal amount of sexual attraction if you're on the ace spectrum which i don't really think that's a good way to look at things it's othering ace people a little (laughs) but it's hard to not say it (laughs) exactly it's hard so if you're on the asexual spectrum you just don't experience um someone the same level of ace Oh, sorry. You don't experience the same level of sexual attraction as someone who is allosexual. Um, This can present itself in a lot of different ways. But in these podcasts, this podcast, we're going to be talking about different types of identities that live on the ACE spectrum, how those identities can intersect, as well as some issues within the ACE community and some things we deal with on an everyday basis. Um, So to kick off this first episode, we're going to introduce ourselves. We're going to speak on our own identities. So Alex, if you would give a rundown just briefly or, you know, however in depth you want, just how you identify. Mm -hmm. And then I will say how I identify. And then we'll talk more about how we came to realize we existed on the asexual spectrum. Yeah, okay. So where I'm at in life currently, I find that labels are terrifying because you can start to call yourself a thing and then very shortly thereafter realize you might not necessarily want to call yourself that thing. Yeah, right? It's hard. It's so scary. And it's so scary because I feel like especially for asexual people, there is this... um, uh, I guess misconception, maybe stereotype that asexual people just haven't found the right oh, yeah. person. You haven't gotten that good so, dick yet. You just gotta find it. 
Exactly. That's the, the whole like thing people say. So it's hard when you identify on the A spectrum and then later maybe realize that you don't identify on that point in the A spectrum or you just don't identify as Yeah, A's. and it's definitely like one of those things that's hard to, because it's such a wide spectrum too, you know, you can have like, I can say, oh yeah, I'm asexual. And then sometimes I'm afraid that that means if I ever feel attracted to anyone ever, like, oh, I lied, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah. not, it's definitely not that. Yeah. I would say I hard and fast say that I am ace and I know that I fall on the ace spectrum. It's sometimes, I visualize it kind of almost like a literal line and you're on like one, one, arrow is pointing towards allosexual and one arrow is pointing towards asexual and I'm definitely on the asexual Mm -hmm. side of that line I do occasionally I'll be like hey that person's hot and then I that's kind of it (laughs) which is another thing I think in later episodes we can really dive into is this difference between types of attraction and aesthetic attraction and sexual attraction and how it's hard for ace people to tell the difference sometimes because especially if you haven't experienced sexual attraction in your life you're like oh maybe this feeling i'm feeling is sexual attraction but really is it finally (laughs) it could maybe that's not what allosexual people feel like we don't know i don't know i have this problem as an ace person where i'm constantly like just interrogating my allo friends i'm like what but what does it feel like <laughs> right he's like can, can you, you explain yeah i want you to name each what your thought yeah your neuroreceptors like... that were triggered by this interaction <laughs> i need to know exactly <laughs> um yes so that is where i'm at um on the ace spectrum i'm very much like i would say highly asexual <laughs> And what about um, on the romantic On the side romantic of side of things, I am very queer. I love almost everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I like, I always, I describe romantic attraction as like the people who give you the warm and fuzzies, but also the people you see mm-hmm. yourself with in 10 years. Like that, like both are elements of romantic attraction. And sometimes when I'm, like, fantasizing about, like, owning a house and doing laundry, I'm, like, <laughs> thinking about all the different people. It's, like, it's always a different, you know, shape of person by my side. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. It's never just men right. or just women. It's, like, yeah. Romantic attraction is who you want to give you forehead kisses. That's a good one. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so true. Yeah. So I identify as a heteroromantic demisexual, which if you picture the spectrum in the way Alex had, you know, said with (laughs) allosexual on one side and asexual on the other, it's definitely leaning towards the allosexual. Um, Demisexuality is you don't experience sexual attraction until you have established a meaningful emotional connection to someone. Um, In my case, I'm always dating that person um, and have been dating them for, I mean, at least a period of time, usually around a month um, or potentially more. When I'm single, I experience no sexual attraction. I do experience a lot of aesthetic attraction. Mm -hmm. I think people, I think men are really pretty. I think women are really pretty, but 
men are the only ones that I want to pursue romantic relationships with. The only ones you see yourself doing laundry with. Yeah, the only ones I want forehead kisses from. Yes. Um, And, you know, like, the only people I want to, like, lay in a bed next to and just, like, sleep next to. Mm-hmm. It's always men, so that's why I'm heteroromantic. I also kind of lean towards, mm, more towards asexual. I sometimes use asexual as my identifier because even when I'm in a committed romantic relationship, I don't always experience sexual attraction to the amount I think an sexual person does. And I think that one really, like distinct difference that is hard to articulate until you hear someone else say it but I like I heard somebody say it this way once and it really resonated it's like it's not that you don't experience attraction towards your partner it's that you only experience attraction towards your partner and everyone else is still sort of like meh (laughs) yeah no exactly and that's exactly right like uh I had my longest relationship was a four-year relationship and in that time Never once did I, like, even consider, like, uh, you know, like, had no sexual, (laughs) had no sexual attraction to anyone else, no romantic attraction. I, like, stopped even looking for aesthetic attraction. Like, I just focus and like i don't know it just demisexuality man i think demisexuals therefore are the best monogamous partners oh so monogamous i do not date casually i do not like i it's like only (laughs) monogamous for me um every relationship i've had i've only had three well um i would say two i feel like one didn't really count it was kind of off and on it was kind of a rebound so i don't really count it but my my shortest true relationship was just under two years i saw something recently and it was like you're not in your 20s until you have someone you never really dated who you call an ex and i was like oh Oh, i dated them i just don't call them my ex so it's the opposite okay maybe that's the binary (laughs) yeah i like always forget that i dated them and that's um why i think like i never experienced sexual attraction to them which i think is why i don't like in my mind i don't consider them a ex-boyfriend is because i didn't establish a strong emotional connection to them yeah because i never experienced sexual attraction to them you know so um I guess I will transition into what I like to call my revelation story. I don't know if this is um, true across other queer communities because, again, I, I'm heteroromantic. So I didn't have, like, I, I, I don't know if other communities call this, like, a revelation story. I think that it can kind of, th- when you said that, I knew exactly what you meant. So <laughs> okay. I think it, yeah. yeah how I realized I was on the asexual spectrum. Uh, I don't really think there is like this big story to tell. I'm not one of those people who always knew they were asexual. Like some people do. Um, they like just never have experienced sexual attraction and they've always known that what they experience is different from other people. Um, allosexual people. I wasn't one of those people. I thought I was pretty, in line with what my friends were experiencing. Um, I am a Christian 
and I grew up in a very conservative Christian household. So a lot of things to do with sex were already kind of not talked about and um, you weren't supposed to feel sexual attraction to people or you were supposed to restrain it. So I never even really questioned things until I was in high school. And I think I had either just gotten my first boyfriend or serious boyfriend or I had just broken up with him. I'm not really sure where it was, but I think I was around 16. And I remember being on Tumblr for the first time. Or not the first time, <laughs> but I was on Tumblr. I love that and you just, because I, any, no, continue. Tumblr also plays a role in mine. <laughs> yeah, Tumblr's great for, like, finding out you're queer. It's good. <laughs> Um, but I saw demisexuality and I was like, oh, that kind of fits what I'm feeling. And so for a while, I would say that I was straight with a tendency to be demisexual. And I wouldn't actually, like, fully commit to being demisexual until I think I was in college. And um, it was right after I got um, my second serious boyfriend who I was with for four years and I realized in the time that I was single how different things were as far as sexual attraction goes into when I was actually in a relationship and I was like oh I was like very very asexual in that it was probably like two year period like no sexual attraction and now that I'm in this relationship, okay, yeah, I'm demisexual. Yeah. And, and that's it. I mean, it, it was just like a slow finding the definition, realizing that I kind of fit into it, and then fully realizing that I fit into it. Yeah, that's yeah. my story. I like this story. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that resonates definitely the fun thing about being asexual is as soon as you start talking to other people about being asexual you're like oh my god i did that too <laughs> right i always hear the tumblr definition yeah. thing oh my god or like finding it on the internet mm-hmm. yeah so my revelation story building off of that um also started with tumblr i actually before we started recording i like pulled up my tumblr from when i was a teenager and i searched the term asexual to figure out when i first started (laughs) using that in my like personal lexicon um and i found that it really started like 2013 2014 is when i think i learned what asexuality was and so i was 15 um yeah yes and I actually, like, very vividly remember, I had a rough go of it in high school, as I'm sure many queer people did. Um, <laughs> I My freshman year, my very best friend wasn't at the same school as me, and so it was very hard and awful, and I was friends with a lot of the same people, but I didn't really like any of them, um, but they were all huge liberals, um, like, to the degree that it almost I never knew what they were talking about they were such social justice warriors like when that phrase first became a thing they were like at the at the forefront of that movement um and they would like talk about things in front of me that I felt like I didn't understand and I remember hearing them use the word asexual 
to identify themselves and feeling like, oh, this must be like some niche thing because I don't even know, I've never even heard of this. And then the next year when I was a sophomore in high school, my best friend came back and she had recently started identifying as bisexual and we would talk about it. And I would say, you know, I feel like my whole life I would get teased for being like butch or, you know, like a little lesbian or whatever. Like I had some very masculine behaviors and um, even when I was a very little kid, I knew I wasn't feminine in the way that uh, a lot of girls were feminine. And so I knew that that was something that people sort of assumed about me was that I was attracted to women, but I never felt that attraction. And then, you know, my friend who came back to school was like, well, do you feel attracted to men? And I said, not really. Um, <laughs> and she was like, well, maybe you're just ace. And I remember thinking like, actually that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Um, and it was like everything kind of got shifted into perspective. Um, and I started looking more into it. I would like read up. I remember re like scrolling through Reddit forums about what asexuality was, like oh. trying to figure out where I fall. And actually for a while I identified as gray sexual, which I don't even think is a term people use anymore. Um, gray sexual? Yeah. I haven't yeah, heard it. Yeah, it is. It is. I yeah. haven't heard it in so long, but it was like, yeah. it, it's, that's sort of like being Demi, right? It's, um... It's um, asexual except for random um, people. Right. And it's like no rhyme or reason. It's just like in your life you'll be attracted to a handful of people. Right. And that I was like, that was actually me identifying that way I think was me holding out hope. Like <laughs> maybe someday. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. And, you know, and another thing too, I think, a big part of it is like the self-doubt factor because you know especially because I was only like 15 at the time I was like maybe I'm just a late bloomer like maybe mm -hmm. one day yeah. I'll wake up and I actually had this reoccurring thought like one day I'm gonna wake up and realize I'm a lesbian and I've been a lesbian this whole time <laughs> and I would like make jokes about it to this friend who I was very open with and we would constantly be like well I'm still not a lesbian yet like I was I was progressing there or something but mm -hmm. you know years and years later I'm still an ace person so I have stood the test of time in that way <laughs> um and six years later yeah, six years later I'm still ace so yeah um second puberty hasn't hit yet uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that well, it's interesting that we were around the same age, and now that I'm thinking it more, us being around that age, that age is really when a lot of puberty does happen, a lot of sexual attraction does start to show itself. So it's interesting, because, I mean, I think that thought is going to be pretty common if you were talk to people on the ace spectrum, they probably thought maybe they were just late to the right. game. And they weren't actually asexual. And maybe that has to do with why it takes people uh, years to start identifying as asexual. Because maybe they think it's just their puberty hasn't kicked in. Or whatever allosexual people experience. I don't know. Well, what's funny, too, is that I've had a lot of conversations with people who identify as just, like, straight heterosexual um, or they will ask me what asexuality is and I will explain. And by people, I generally mean family members. I haven't 
had too many experiences where strangers feel like they can just talk to me about these things, but um, <laughs> I'm sure that those people exist too. Uh, yeah. But I will say things like, you know, oh, I may only feel attracted to someone I've already, you know, decided that I love in a romantic way, or I may feel pleasure after you know certain physical sensations or whatever but it's like i don't feel sexual attraction like i don't see somebody and think i want them to jump my bones and right <laughs> the person i'm talking to will be like well that's just all women and i'll have to be like no oh, <laughs> like do you have you talked to a woman are you sure about that and it, that's the point where i'm usually like i don't even have time <laughs> <laughs> you're like the end of this conversation but or other people will be like isn't that everybody and I'm like no you're probably ace <laughs> okay so like uh, th- I get that a lot with demisexuality mm-hmm. for when I'm telling straight people what it is I'm like no it's not I mean I guess you can like I'm not saying that allosexual people are going to hook up with any person that they're attracted to just because you're not having sex with them doesn't mean you're not experiencing sexual attraction so um, the way I explained it to one of my friends was no it's different because when I'm walking through Target and I see a cute guy I'm not thinking oh I would sleep with yeah him. and she's like oh okay yeah, yeah okay that makes <laughs> sense another thing too I think is that like and this is one thing I think that only really hammered home for me when I got older and I would read books where it happened. Like, and it described like, oh, you feel like a pull in the bottom of your gut or whatever. Like the literal feeling mm. of sexual physical attraction. I would be like, yeah, I don't really mm. get that. Yeah. Oh, or the like sparks flying thing. Oh my God, sparks flying. I don't think that's I real. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> electricity in your veins and like uh never has happened for me is this a thing allosexual people feel <laughs> dear allosexuals please write in with your sparks flying experiences <laughs> so then did the realization that you were sapphic come after or before oh my god it came way you... after and it was such a disaster <laughs> it was well because as soon as i became comfortable identifying as asexual i was like well then that's it that's the answer that's why I feel this way and I'm not attracted to men or women I'm not attracted to anybody obviously so I don't need to worry about feelings I have or you know and I had heard about people being like heteromantic or biromantic or you know whatever they chose to identify that way but I never really understood what it meant um I had had crushes before and it had caused me to question my asexuality like I remember particularly I had a huge crush on the kid in my theater program who was uh, like a cis guy and I remember thinking like maybe I am straight and I've just like been sleeping on it this whole time because <laughs> like I'm really into him but then I would think about doing physical things with him and I'm like mm, maybe I'm not into him that way um, and it was just like it was something that I thought was a fluke like if I had a crush on a guy I was like oh this is just because society has programmed me to think this way um, 
<laughs> but then when I was 18, I developed a really strong crush. And this wasn't my first crush on a girl, I realized later. <laughs> but this was the first one that I couldn't <laughs> deny on a really good friend of mine. And we would spend so much time together. And it became, like, torturous because we'd be sitting in my car. And I would think about, like just leaning over and kissing her or like grabbing her hand and I was like this isn't something I've ever thought about before about a woman and this Mm -hmm. is so confusing and weird and it was like it was such a disaster and it took me so long to be able to just be like you know what (laughs) I'm queer I like everybody (laughs) and that so weirdly and a lot I know a lot of people who that's the opposite like it took them longer to admit that they were asexual but for me that was always the one that made the most sense and it was everything else that was confusing (laughs) no I think that makes sense though because you um I think it sounds like when you learned you were asexual you also took that as a romantic Yes. <laughs> and you didn't, like, realize, well, I mean, obviously you had heard of things, but you didn't realize people could be, you know, not just a, right. a romantic, I actually, asexual. I, think the, I don't know if you found this, but I find that people also often assume that if you're asexual, you're also aromantic. I haven't, because I think, um, because of the way I identify, it's clear that I like romance, you know, mm. like, I'm interested in romantic relationships i think with demisexuality it's kind of um inherent or it's assumed that you want romantic relationships which isn't necessarily true because i do know people who are demisexual aromantic Mm -hmm. but personally with my demisexuality the connection the emotional connection i have to feel has to be also a romantic connection So I have a lot of emotional connections with my friends, but I don't feel sexual attraction to my friends. So it's a different kind of emotional connection. And I think for some people who identify as aromantic demisexual, they experience a different sort of emotional connection than I do. That's not based in romance. No, I think that definitely makes sense. I, I have definitely found, though, that like as soon as you tell someone you're ace... They will often be like, oh, so you don't want anybody. I'm like, no, not necessarily. You know, (laughs) things happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that the one constant thing, this is going to get dark for a second, but one thing I've noticed when talking to other ace people, and I don't know, Michaela and I have been friends for a while, but I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Is that like that feeling, even at a very young age, maybe before you knew necessarily the language, but looking around and kind kind of seeing your peers behaving a certain way or experiencing certain things and having a thought similar to like, oh, I'm broken. I think that is a really common thought. Um, I personally, thankfully, didn't have that. And I think that's again, because of being demisexual versus asexual, um, I thought, I've always been sort of like a romantic person, like I've always wanted a boyfriend, so I thought the way I would develop crushes was how everyone developed crushes, Mm -hmm. like I didn't see a difference, like I've always wanted to have some sort of physical contact with my crushes. So I didn't think there was anything 
unusual about it, but it was later that I realized that the way I experienced things wasn't how other people did. So I didn't have that experience, but I do know that's a really common experience people have. Um, and we'll probably dedicate an entire episode to that feeling yeah. or close to it. That'll I feel like there's a lot one. to unpack there. <laughs> so much it's funny because it's like um it's you know you joke with queer people how we just love to unpack our trauma but it's <laughs> there's so much of it <laughs> oh, i i was really fortunate to attend um this workshop earlier michaela and i are both writers we didn't mention that yet but we are um if you follow us on twitter you'll you'll figure you'll it out real so quick. much about it and you never <laughs> stop talking about it um, but I was really fortunate to attend a writing workshop um, earlier this year that was just for people interested in writing queer children's literature, which is what I'm interested in writing. So it was a lot of fun. Um, and one thing, I'm still very close with all the people who were at that workshop. I think there were like 17 of us or something. Um, we were only there for four days, uh, but we all became very, very close very quickly because we all knew right away, like, you've experienced the same or similar trauma and we're going to talk yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. So easy to just jump in with people you've just met when you know that they identify the same way that you do versus like when you just meet someone and it takes months and months and months to get to that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's definitely, a, there is a unifying element in sharing an identity with someone who that isn't the, yeah, like, um, how would you say that? Like, the dominant. Yeah, you know, or it's it, not... I mean, maybe even just being, like, a fellow marginalized anything. Like, whether exactly. it's That's, your race or your sexuality or, you know, your gender, whatever it is. It's like, right. oh, wait, you're not an aloe cishet white guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So there's some things inherent with having that um, marginalized identity that you can relate to and like personally I don't know any asexual people in my day-to-day life I have no one that I know that identifies on the spectrum but online I have quite a few so um I realized this a few months ago when I met Alex in person for the first time in June that they were the first ace spectrum person that was open and that I knew about that I met in person which is weird because we've been talking to each other and been friends for at least a year so it didn't feel like meeting someone for the first time obviously but uh, in person yeah that was the first time I know about it I'm sure I've encountered asexual people who aren't open about it in my day-to-day life, but I just don't know them on a personal wow, level. Wow, I'm so excited I got to be your first, can I just say? My first. <laughs> my first ace friend. Uh, this is such a wonderful feeling. Um, I actually, I yeah. work at a very queer bookstore. <laughs> like, I have at yeah, least you do. two ace co-workers. <laughs> so, oh, that's it so is nice. so nice. Even... I know. Um, I don't want to, like, out them by giving you their names, (laughs) but... No, don't. (laughs) No, no, no. That wouldn't be great, but, like, at least two coworkers who I've been able to talk about asexuality with, like, in an open way. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is really nice. (laughs) 
but before yeah. before I worked yeah. here, I don't know that I ha- I knew anybody who was openly ace either. Well, I am happy that we're doing this podcast then, because then we can connect to other ace it's people. The ace space. And- <laughs> ace space. We're gonna talk about it. We're never gonna talk about it, and I've already had I so much too. fun. I'm smiling so much. Episode. I don't know if you have your camera open, but I'm smiling. Yeah, I do. I'm watching you. <laughs> So I think that is going to be the end of this introductory episode. Um, In the future, I do want to do a question and answer episode. So if you want to send us your questions, you can do that. Um, You can leave a review. We'll see it that way. You can tweet at us. Again, my Twitter handle is Michaela Tweeting, M-I-K-A-Y-L-A Tweeting. And Alex's Twitter handle is A I E X A B E. That might change. It, it looks like it Alex looks like that, but that's not what it is. That might change. I've yeah. reported the person who currently owns at Alex Abe for being inactive like 12 times. I'll get it someday. Oh. <laughs> someday. It's going to be yours. So, yeah, send us questions. We're going to set up a Gmail account. And you can send them there. I'm if you're slow. feeling cowardly, um, I have a curious cat. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's plenty of ways you can find us on the internet, but definitely send us questions. I think we can even incorporate questions into our show, um, have our own small question and answer oh, segment at each episode, depending on if people really want that. I think that's the end of this All episode. Right. Well, thank you guys for listening and, uh, partaking in this wonderful shared joy and slight embarrassment (laughs) for me anyway there's nothing to be embarrassed about this episode was no no not the episode the the, perhaps the personal details oh um yeah i mean i guess um yes it's been lovely thank you michaela (laughs) um just so you all know we are planning on uploading on a bi-weekly schedule at yep. least to start because I work full-time and Alex works full-time and yeah. is a student. So their life <laughs> it sucks. really does. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be recording um, and hopefully uploading on a bi-weekly basis. You can subscribe to this feed um, depending on what is your platform of choice. Subscribe to stay updated follow us on Twitter. We will be building a a space official Twitter soon, so stay tuned for that. And I think that is all we have to say. So thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye! Bye!